1: Let's get hyped! Welcome into the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Bruns, Brian Christofferson. We are Husker 24-7, and this week's special guest, following up the Northern Illinois win for Nebraska, we will have Channel 8, Lauren Michelson, joining us, making her Husker Hypecast debut. A lot of debuts this year. A lot of new folks getting on the Hypecast. Uh, You know, they're, they're getting to join... Probably the most premier preview podcast for Nebraska football in the country. I don't know anyone that does it any better than us. I also don't listen to anyone else's podcast, so it'd be hard for me to really accurately judge. But that's not that's not important here. Lauren, welcome. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Thank you guys for having me. I guess I'll, I'll be the judge how much fun we have here today if this can be number one
0: <laughs> podcast.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if you... If you feel like you did not enjoy the experience, you can always say no in the future and none of us would hold it against you. We're surprised anyone says yes, to be honest.
2: Sounds good. All right. Let's get into this. This is fun. All right. Yeah,
1: we can. We can. All right. Uh, As always, we will start on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm going to throw the first question to Lauren Michelson right away. So she's on the hot seat. How did you you feel about the, the Heinrich Harburg performance? And what do you think of uh, how Nebraska's offense looked when he was the quarterback?
2: Well, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a better game for the the homegrown boy to start, right? The first home game at Memorial, that alone was a great storyline heading in. I feel like if you're a Nebraska fan, you're automatically rooting for him. And with Sims out because of injury, there wasn't anything else to lose, right? I mean, I thought he looked pretty comfortable. Some of his throwing mechanics had me flinching every time but um, you know I can move the ball down the field well I felt like he had some good connection with Camp and Fedoni and I like the use of a little bit more of the tight ends last week um, he looked comfortable for his first game as a starter I mean that's got to be a lot of nerves he's still a relatively young guy but I, I mean I was kind of shocked on Monday when Matt rules basically like you know they're they're co right now we're gonna make a decision come game time and um my opinion is how can you not go with the guy that helped you win the game took care of the ball well uh significantly less mistakes turning the ball over I thought he looked pretty good there's still a lot to work on um I guess if we have Sims come out on Saturday and start and he can take care of the ball the first couple drives great but I like that they're having them kind of working as co right now. Uh, Satterfield did say yesterday it's not going to be any type of two quarterback rotation game plan by any means, which is good, of course, but um, I was a little shocked about how they're not going with him for sure. So I like the way he played. I, it gives me a little bit of confidence in the growth of the offense moving forward in the next couple of years. Uh, but you know what? If Sims is healthy and ready to go, we'll give him another chance to.
1: Michael Brunts, the running back situation took a big hit uh, coming into this week. As we learned, both Gabe Irvin, Ramir Johnson out for the season. Anthony Grant, by default, becomes your number one running back. What did we see from Anthony Grant on Saturday uh, as he appeared in a game for the first time since the fumble against Minnesota? And what uh, what are your thoughts on the running back picture kind of as we move forward?
3: Yeah, it's rough. Um, I You know, with Grant, he basically carried all the time last year. So this is nothing new. Um, You know, I I think this coaching staff does have confidence in him. I know, obviously, Matt Rule talked about that during fall camp, that he was having the fumbling issues, the Minnesota game being what it was. But uh, I I guess you kind of have to trust guys when there aren't a lot of options, too. Um, You know, I think Emmett Johnson slides pretty easily into that Ramir Johnson role um, as, as a third down back, occasional uh, ball carrier. And, you know, I'm, I'm eager to see what they do with Quentin Ives. You know, I, they, they wanted to redshirt him. He had been working exclusively with the scout team until Sunday um, when they learned about all the injury issues that they had and, and guys being out. So they had to move him up to the the main roster. So my sense is, is they're probably going to be a little bit slow with him um, to, to kind of see how it goes with the other two. But it's going to be the Anthony Grant show. And it's, it's, you know, when you're a, a run heavy team that wants to win in the fourth quarter and do ball control and all that other stuff, um, you know, it, it's, it's tough to just do it with one guy, but you don't really have a lot of options right now. So we'll see what they can do uh, with him. But I, I I'm expecting to see not as much of a rotation as what they've had through the first three games, just based on, who's available and and also I think just kind of getting guys up to speed for the down the depth chart.
1: BC, what do we make of this offensive line three games in? Obviously, you know, last year it would be fair to say they were one of the worst offensive lines in the country based on a lot of different measurements. Uh, but now three games into this year, a lot of conversation about the quarterbacks, a lot of conversation now about the running back situation with two guys out a lot of conversation leading into the year and currently about where some of these younger wide receivers are and, and the downfield passing game. Suddenly the offensive line is just like not being talked about because everything else is, yeah. but what have we seen from those guys up front?
0: I think they're not being talked about cause they've been okay. They're like, it's not like way up or way down. It's just sort of, uh, they're okay. I mean, you look at the rushing numbers and they're averaging what two Oh nine per game or something like that. So a lot of, uh, the formula that Rule wants is uh, being executed by that group. They did have a strong fourth quarter where they ran for 90-plus yards. Um, the thing they've got to avoid, and I know that Northern Illinois threw some some junk stuff at them that maybe they weren't expecting, and you got a young quarterback, and maybe Harburg was supposed to do something different on a play or two. But there were those two or three series after the initial drive, where it was just sort of off the rails. You know, it wasn't even, they, they, they uh, let guys go free. And, um, you know, I know that's a combination of things and not just the O-line, but those are the series they have to get away from and that you hope they do on this Saturday. I mean, even if it's a three and out, at least have it be a three and out where it's, you fail on a third and two or something like that, as opposed to it's, you know, you know third and 15 on two series in a row. So I think that's a big key for them to avoid sort of that, I understand they're working up to the fourth quarter, but to not have it look uh, so much like an eyesore for a couple series here and there in the, in, in between the first drive and the last drive.
1: Brunts, why is Marcus Satterfield and Matt rule? Why are they hiding the young wide receivers? Why are they not allowing the, uh, the fans to, to experience the joy that is Malachi Coleman and Jalen Lloyd and, and all of these guys. Why Brunts? Why?
3: Well, we had a we had a miniature puke gate this week. I saw that. So there's that. Um, You know, it's it's not an easy position to play. Like I I think people assume that that wide receiver, you go out there, you run some routes, and you know that that's you're good. And I think there's a learning curve for for Coleman and and for Lloyd. And I think Jaden Doss would be in the mix right now if he were healthy. Um, He's coming back from a an arm or a hand injury. We, we've got kind of gotten mixed, mixed diagnoses there. But um, you know, Coleman and 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 Lloyd were not here in the spring, so they're behind a little bit there. Um, I think you'll start to see them a little bit more as as time passes. I, I also think that Nebraska. <sighs> I think they're being careful with, with red still at certain spots. And I, I think they want to be sure that at wide receiver, that if a guy's going to go in there and play, that they're going to get their, their, their year's worth. And, you know, I, I think with the two injuries that they've had at the running back spot, I think you're going to need to find big plays somehow. And, you know, maybe, maybe those guys can provide that. Maybe you see somebody emerge, but I think, you just have to be a little bit patient there because I, I think the thing you can say about the staff is they're not going to be afraid to play a guy that can help them. They're not going to be afraid to play young guys. And when they're ready, they'll play. And I, and I think it's just a matter of patience and, and them not hiding the hiding these guys away or sheltering them. It's just you know that they need to have confidence and trust that when they get put in the game, that there's not going to be the drop-off uh, from the top unit to the second second guys. So I, I think that's just the issue. Is uh, Maybe fans just need to be more patient. That's the problem. That's the problem. The general public? <laughs> yeah, the general oh, public wow. needs to be a little bit more patient.
1: Mm. Oh, stealing BC stuff. Wow, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, Brian, let's say hypothetically you had a friend that was in a coma that missed the first three weeks of the season. I they do. That
0: up. hits a little too close to home. That's Sorry. oddly specific. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Um, well... I'm going to move forward with the question, anyways. But please know that it was not intentional. Anyways, someone wakes up, they don't know what has happened, and they ask you to describe Nebraska's offense. How would you describe Nebraska's offense based off of the three weeks that we have seen so far?
0: His wife. Iowa, Iowa E. It's yeah. Iowa E. Now I don't mean that in a negative. It's it's Big Ten West. It sure yeah. seems
1: negative. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, yeah, the is not going to go over well. Big 10 Westie. And it uh, and Rule has said as much. It's it's a it's a slug it out offense. It's one where um, you know, I, he describes it often as a body blows organization and they're building to that fourth quarter and they're going to be patient. Like a key drive last week was the one where they didn't score where they moved it from their own 8-yard line to the 50, they punted it, downed it at the 1. And uh that was a, a Big 10 West beauty of a sequence there uh in how nebraska executed they got the three and out on defense so um it's a it's a grinder offense and um it's going to be one where they're going to stay patient with the run even if it's not popping early and it's a offense that is right now searching for big playmakers on the perimeter i would tell that person that just came out of the coma if they want if they want me to keep talking wouldn't they want to be talking about other stuff if they'd been in a coma for a few weeks and this I don't know but uh I don't
1: know you think there's something bigger than Nebraska football <laughs> There's got to what you're trying to say there, here.
0: There's got to be something out there that's bigger than Nebraska football. But yeah, there's I would tell them they haven't hit that like home run play yet in the passing game and they've tried with Tommy Hill each week but that's been missing so they haven't really found a deep threat um and that that's something I do think that it is going to be important that as this year goes on, maybe we see it in a game or two where it can help flip things.
1: Lauren, is there anybody on offense that you are kind of, uh, you're wondering if maybe a breakout is coming or you're, you're seeing if there's a player or two that looks like maybe the future is still pretty bright for them. here as the season moves along.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would really like to have seen them maybe pull, lean on some of the younger guys. Obviously I think, Uh, Michael's right I don't think we're going to necessarily see that this weekend we're going to test the waters with some other people but um, Bullock's been you know his story's so good and and I know everyone's rooting for him and if he can have a breakout game that would be huge Um, the fact that skills position wise there's just such a lack of depth is very makes me very nervous Um, Anthony Grant I mean he had a few breakout games last year but he hasn't had that game where we've been like wow yet I mean, that's, we talked about it already, the times now, if he doesn't have a game that he puts up significant numbers and really impresses fans and coaches alike, and, and is, is that guy you can lean on and say he's going to make a game-changing impact today, uh, they're in some some deep waters. And I think that's when you got to lean on some of the younger guys heading into a Michigan game. <laughs> we'll wait on that. But, yeah, I'd like to see Anthony Grant have a really complete game, run the ball really hard. Uh, have more than just one touchdown that didn't really have any game-changing effect. Uh, if he takes care of the ball well, they're going to play him. So I- I'm an AG fan right now moving forward, hoping he can have a good game Saturday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. We'll take a quick time out here and then when we will come back with the defensive, uh, defensive side of the ball. Okay. We are uh, we're talking defense Nebraska has started well the the first three weeks of the season they had a great defensive performance against Northern Illinois and now they take on a Louisiana Tech team that uh, has had a couple good offensive performances have also disappeared and, and maybe have a question at quarterback so we'll see what uh, Louisiana Tech can bring into Memorial Stadium we'll start with Brian Christofferson. Brian I I think it was fair for people to to be excited about uh, what Nash Huttmacher could be, but did anybody really see this version mm. of him this quickly?
0: No. Uh, well, maybe some did. I didn't. I thought he was going to be solid, steady. I didn't think he was going to wreck shop as much as he has in the first few games. I mean, he was a real problem in that first quarter for Northern Illinois, five tackles and two and a half for losses from a, from a, defensive tackle position is some stat line for 15 minutes of football against Minnesota is much of the same thing where they just were having a trouble dealing with them. So, um, he's been huge. I mean, he, he's been one of the best stories of the first quarter of this season. There's no question about it. And, um, I, I just think he leaned out his body some and he, you got to give Corey Campbell a lot of credit with some of the strength work he did with some guys' bodies. And I, I, I am not the guy to talk about uh, strength and conditioning. Sure. Nobody wants to hear from a 165-pound guy about, like, what what's what. But you look at some of those guys and how they've transformed. I do think they're going in the right direction with what they're doing in the offseason. And Nash Hutmaker is probably a prime example of that.
1: Thank you for saying his name correctly. At some point, I will get there, and I will default to what I've always known in my life to be Hup-Macher. So, we'll 165,
0: we'll huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's what it, it's about that. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't want to, you didn't want to go
1: oddly specific on your own weight on the podcast.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not a good one sixty five really, but anyway, anyway, enough we'll about me one. too yeah, specific. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on.
1: Uh, Lauren, what, what are your thoughts on Nebraska's defense so far through three weeks this year?
2: Yeah. I mean, Tony White's been given a lot of good looks at that three, three, five five scheme's been very fun to watch. Um, I like the way guys have just been playing so much looser. I mean, you look at a guy like Gifford and and he's just flying around the field and it's just reckless abandonment. It's a good word to watch him play. And uh, I think they're powerful and I think they they are keeping this team in it, honestly. Um, I'd like to see them turn the ball or force more turnovers and take force more takeaways. That's one thing I think Tony White really wants. I mean, he said yesterday they're at a good spot. Obviously you look at the numbers and in the big 10, they're, they're sitting in good spots, especially in sacks. Um, that's a great stat to see, but there's always more to be done. And I think his big thing is let's create, you know, let's take the ball away more. And um, that's something that teams have been doing in Nebraska. It's got to be a, a, opposite end too. And um, yeah, I like what they've been able to do. I think there's been a lot of guys that have stepped up Cam Lenhart's, true freshman. He's been impressive as hell to watch. I hope he's healthy for this weekend. Um, Makai Gaber. I can't remember how to say his last
1: name. Yep,
2: yep. He's been super, I mean, he's come out of nowhere and it has been super impressive. Um, So there's been a lot of young, young guys stepping up, um, which gives a lot of confidence for the future. And if they can just, you know, play a little bit harder when it comes to forcing those takeaways, I think we'll be in a good spot. And they've done, they've done the job so far, let's put it to the test, uh, ahead of a really big co- opponent next weekend. So one more complete game will be in a hopefully a good spot moving forward.
1: Brunt, working off of what Lauren talked about there with creating more turnovers, is there is there something that you think would allow Nebraska to do that more easily? Uh, or is it just simply when the opportunity's there, they have to, to finish with taking away the ball?
3: Yeah, it, I mean, through three games, it seems like you know, in each game, there's been a play or two where a ball goes right through a guy's hands. I mean, Giffords against Minnesota was one that comes to immediately to mind. I know J- Jim, Wright had one against Colorado, I think, that kind of the same situation. Um, I don't know. Some of that's just luck. Like, it's the ball bouncing the right way on a fumble. It's, uh, you know, tipping the ball a little bit differently than, than it does. I mean, I I think those things will come and I think it happens when you're consistently around the ball, you're able to generate pressure and, you know, they've done that really well. I mean, I I think if if you want to nitpick and, you know, I guess we can, um, you know, Tony White wants to see more sacks up front with just guys winning a one-on-one because they can obviously scheme up pressure. They've done that really well through three games. Now it's, you know, can Nash Mocker, you know, beat his guy and, and get to the quarterback without having to bring six guys in, in pressure. So th- that to me is kind of the next step. And when you start to do those things, I, I think that's, that's when you start to see the turnovers happen. But I mean, if, if there is a quibble, you'd like to see, uh, you know, a few more offensive possessions for, for Nebraska's offense, because it, you know, if you're going to try to play complimentary football, you're going to control the clock, all that other stuff. If you have extra possessions, it allows you to do that a lot more easily. So, um, you know th- that that would kind of you know help. I think in a lot of areas, of, if you could get a, a possession or two extra um, for your offense, and, and not only that, I mean it helps the field position, and and that's something that even though the defense has been pretty good, uh, they they've still been kind of fighting that a little bit. Where a lot of the games been played in, in Nebraska's own end, so uh, room to grow. But I mean, I I don't know that. You know, even the most positive Nebraska fans would have seen this start from the defense three games in.
1: Lauren, when you're you're going back, you're watching highlights, you're putting this whole thing together for for the broadcast. I mean, what what defensive players have really kind of popped for you? I mean, who's had some of these these highlights where you're like, yeah, I gotta I gotta make sure that's in our broadcast.
2: Oh my gosh, uh, yeah, Nash uh, has been so fun to watch. Like, absolutely wrecks havoc on on his man. Um, gifford the way he i think i mentioned him earlier the way he plays he just plays smooth confidently he's easy to spot i mean uh on our end it's like you're watching for him to make some type of game change and play i think the whole d line in general has been pretty solid i mean yeah it's like it's with nebraska you get so nervous to feel like i mean i'm not as seasoned and and covering the huskers as you guys but you get so nervous to to be confident in in any type of unit but there's a lot of lot of faces a lot of guys to be excited about um went to Newsom. he's been a guy that's been pretty consistent but i'd like to see him make more like game changing plays um but yeah i mean probably the best guy to watch on on defense right now in my opinion is nash he's he's just fun and and you can count on him to do something big for the team but yeah, let's get some more guys in. They're 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 moving around. They're playing a lot of different guys, they're playing, they're not afraid to start any freshmen. So let's continue to bring in new guys and rotate them around and see. It seems like every weekend there's a new player that steps up and makes some type of play that gets our eyes on them as media and we're looking out for him the next game.
1: How about that? Lauren's been covering Nebraska football for a season and three games, and she already knows that if you have confidence in something, <laughs> it will come back and haunt you.
2: That's horrible. <laughs> she,
1: she knows. Is-
2: She's
3: a you're, you're, vet.
1: She you're incredible. already gated. It's it's great. <laughs> That's
2: incredible. I mean, there's a lot. They're ranked like second nationally in um, what is it? Like rushing deep. Like, I don't know. Like they're 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 doing defensively, there's a lot to be excited about. And that seems to be a lot of the the culture of what this team kind of at one point. But you're
1: still waiting out. for that other shoe to fall. Right? Yeah, you're you're waiting a for the shoe bit. to drop.
2: A little bit, a little bit. That's great.
1: That's great. All right, Brian. Um You know, the first week, Omar Brown popped off the off the uh, screen, if you will, if you're watching it or off the field. Then we saw Makai Bayer and then A.J. Rollins steps in uh, against Northern Illinois. call your shot this. I know this isn't the oddly specific prediction portion of it, but call your shot. Which which Nebraska defender are we going to be talking about after this Louisiana Tech game?
0: Uh, How about Javon Wright? Let's go with him. I mean, it's a good story that he's someone everybody in this fan base has been excited about since he got here, the son of Toby Wright. He's been trained in football since he was like a little th- I remember we wrote the big feature on him when he's a recruit and he's a three-year-old hopping over the ottoman and all that stuff. And um, he's a guy who started at corner. Maybe he's a safety. He's found his home at linebacker and he looks like he's going to be a guy for the next two years or so that is going to be heavily involved in everything they do defensively because he's so versatile. He, you can use him in so many different ways. So I think his snap count is one I would watch to maybe climb, even though they are uh, playing so many guys. And, and he seems like a guy who is going to find the ball. Like you, one of those, you got the turnover last week, as Bruns mentioned earlier, he almost got one against Colorado. Um, He almost got the sack on the big play. Colorado got on the third and 10 before uh, over Tommy Hill. So he's, he's close even when the plays haven't gone his way. So he'd be a guy i definitely watch.
1: Brooks, who's the best pass rusher on Nebraska's team in 2023?
3: I would say probably Cam Linhart when he's healthy. I think that's, that's where I would go. Um, I think he's quick off the ball. I think he's probably stronger than maybe what you would expect from a guy that's his size, um, you know, having to go against offensive tackles. So I, I I'd go there. I think, I think he's probably the best uh, candidate to win a one-on-one if you really need a, a big play.
1: All right. It is uh, it is oddly specific prediction time. Again, I did not inform Lauren a lot before the show as to how this works. And so she's gonna, she's gonna listen as you guys sort of, you know, in your own way, explain what oddly specific predictions are by making your oddly specific predictions for this Louisiana Tech game. Brian Christopherson, we'll start with you.
0: All right, I'll do two of them. Um, Omar Brown's going to pick off a pass where it, like, bounces off. It, the, the pass is going to have a little too much sauce on it for Smoke, Smoke Harris. It's going to bounce off his hands. Kind of a QB... Fault on the play, it's going to bounce right to Omar Brown on the thirty-six. He's going to take it to the house, and it's going to be one of those pick-sixes where you can kind of enjoy it the last ten yards as a DB, where you can like put kind of just palm the ball in one hand and stuff, you know. And like Merton you, Hanks, yeah. In the old, in, in the old days, you'd high step it a little bit, but you won't. I don't think he will, but he'll he'll put it in one hand. It'll be kind of cool looking. It'll be a good shot for Lauren um, to to play. And then the other thing on offense, they're going to finally hit. It's going to be Harburg to Hill. They're going to finally hit one of those. It's going to be a 54 yard touchdown to Tommy Hill. And they, Tommy's gotten by the guys he's beating people. It's just got, they just got to have it, have it come together. And uh, I thought he actually could have caught that one from Harburg the other yeah. day. He dove it like, it wasn't that bad of a ball. So, um, I'll say a 54-yard touchdown to Tommy Hill that, that gets everybody juiced up a bit.
3: Bronx? Uh I think Thomas Fedoni's is going to catch a touchdown pass for the third straight game. I think he's going to kind of a similar seam route to what we saw last week. I think it's going to go for 23 yards. Um, I don't know that he's going to shush the crowd this time, though. I think he might switch it up um, with a different celebration. Um, the Bill
1: Callahan had it up to here.
3: I'll give him a give a Hulk Hogan one of these. He's gonna <laughs> he's gonna listen for it this time. Um, so twenty three yards to Thomas Fedoni over the middle with this as as the celebration, uh, and and then you know I I think I think we're gonna see a, another big uh, big sack game for the defensive line. I'll go with with Nash with one sack, um, and and Riley Van Poppel. I'm I'm still. It's going to happen. Um, I'm going to go with him for a sack. So interior line is going to have a day.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm working off of Brunt's a little bit here. Nebraska in the first half is going to force not one, but two holding calls on Louisiana Tech. The fans are just going to be completely worked up. And one of these, it'll get moved back from third and five, which they would have picked up the first down on this egregious holding call. I'm pretty sure that uh, Ty Robinson was put into a chokehold. That's basically how the, the call gets made there. Then on third and 15, Nick Henrich is going to come through the middle on a blitz, finish with a sack and then do a uh, hairband headbanging celebration and throw the bones and Memorial Stadium's just going to go bananas. So a a pretty convoluted, oddly specific scenario, but I I expect to be correct on Sunday morning when we when we roll through these. All right, Lauren, did that did that help at all? Do, do you got, have any idea what's happening here?
2: They got progressively more extreme, uh, but I'm here for it. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, offensively, I'm gonna okay ruffle some feathers here. They're gonna start Sims. Um, oh he's going to have he's going to have a complete opening drive. They're not going to score, but he's going to move the ball well. They're they're going to the passing game is going to take a little bit of a step up this week. So that's what Sat wants, right? Um, I'm not going to actually put any bad omen's out there. Needless to say, Heinrich's going to come back in and oh. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> They're going to yada, up- yada yada
0: yada. To-
2: wow. <laughs> so, uh, and he's going to throw the hell out of a they're gonna use the deep ball uh fedoni is gonna have a hell of a game he's he's gonna score probably two touchdowns the first wow. quarter alone get so confident and excited and the nebraska fans are gonna lose their uh lose their shit for lack of a better word oh, wow. uh, okay. now we'll take it down a notch where's malcolm hartsog been when okay i want to see him pick off a pass and take it all the way in for a touchdown and Uh, he he looks so young he's not a freshman anymore he's sophomore but um yeah let's use him let's have him go in and the same as it was about this time last year he just kind of came from the woodworks and surprised everyone let's see him do it again uh this this year so yeah all
1: right I think this is a a first on the hype cast we have a quarterback change as one of the oddly specific predictions Lauren you're you're breaking ground here on your first Oscar twenty four seven cast.
2: Ground yes, groundbreaking. I hope that is not something that um, becomes reality. Well,
1: we will. You'll get all the credit should it happen. We will make sure that no one steals it from you. I <laughs> promise you that. All right, picks to click the uh, player that you think is going to have a good game on Saturday brunch. We'll start with you. Uh,
3: I'll go Anthony Grant. Um, he's going to get the ball a lot. I think. I think he's going to rise to the challenge of being the guy again. Um, And so I, I I anticipate that Anthony Grant is going to have a very good day. And I, I think they'll mix in some Emmett Johnson, but I I think it's going to be a a bell cow kind of day for Anthony Grant. So he's my pick to click.
1: A lot of talk about interceptions on today's, uh, on today's hype cast. I'm going to go the other way. Nebraska gets a fumble recovery and it is Deshaun Singleton who picks up a fumble and, uh, runs it to the house so that is my pick to click Deshaun Singleton Johnny on the spot gets the first defensive touchdown of the year Lauren your pick to click
2: I can get on that I love Deshaun Singleton's heck of a player um, okay Billy Camp's got a he's got to step up let's let's have Billy Camp have an absolute breakout game Saturday he, he seemed confident at the podium yesterday let's see him really take control of this offense make it his
0: all right BC Lauren mentioned Gifford earlier. I think this is a Gifford game um, oh, at the Rover's rover spot. Yeah, he's gonna he's just gonna be all over the field. Feels like he'll he'll be heavily involved in a lot of things. Maybe a turnover at some point, but I, I think he's going to um, he's he's becoming more and more uh, dominish. Toward the end of his career, JoJo Dome near the end of his career, where you felt like this guy really—you just see his versatility all over the place, no matter what they're throwing at you. So I think I think Gifford, um, probably more than any point this season, shows that on Saturday. Okay, all right. Score
1: prediction time. We'll just work in uh, reverse order there. BC, what do uh, you got?
0: It's a snake draft. I see. Um, I'll I'll say Nebraska thirty-four, Louisiana Tech. Uh, seventeen. Uh, there'll be a couple uneasy moments in the middle portion of the game. I think it's going to kind of take the same flow as last week, though. Where Nebraska's going to be a little ahead, and then you know they have that third quarter drive where they kind of put it away. With that though, I'm saying that uh, Tristan Alvano hits a couple field goals, so that would be big for him if that were to happen. Yeah, Warren?
2: Yeah, I'll do. I'll do thirty-one thirteen. Um, hoping defense can you know keep those points off the board for. Law Tech a little bit more and yeah I too would like to see Tristan Alvano have a heck of a game like one or two or three or in this case one but yeah he's he impresses me every time he lines up to kick he I can't believe that guy's a freshman I still look back to that class A state title game and I'm just like oh wow
1: I should have just made this my oddly specific prediction in addition to everything else but uh, I think this is Nebraska's highest scoring game of the season I don't know that Louisiana tech is stopping much right now. I think Nebraska gets 48, Louisiana tech 20. They score a last second touchdown yet again. And people's, people's angst turns into why can't Nebraska get stops and mop up duty? 48, 20, Nebraska. Bruns, take us home.
3: I think, uh, I think Louisiana tech scores late to get a, to make it scroll nicely. Uh, it's going to be 32, 19, Nebraska. Uh, these two teams, it's its going to be ugly at times. They've combined for 15 total giveaways um, this season. So it might not be aesthetically pleasing football, but uh, Tim Rattay is not going to come out of that tunnel for Louisiana Tech. So I think Nebraska is going to be okay. 32-19 Nebraska.
1: Okay. Uh, do you want to add with that 19 – are they are they not getting the two point conversion or do they miss the extra point? What's happening here?
3: I don't know. I don't know how it happens. Maybe they go. Maybe they they go like Northern Illinois did and go for two with four seconds left, um, trailing by three score four scores, uh, and don't get it. So that that's where it doesn't scroll nearly as well as thirty two twenty
0: one would. It's what the card would say. Bronze. They were, yeah, the they were trying to get it to a three. Go for it, they're then. trying to get it to a three score game. Your thirty-two is more interesting than the nineteen. <laughs> I don't know how it get there. <laughs> like Nebraska's
1: had thirty-two a few different times. Whether it's been Never. missed extra points, safeties, like I, I feel like thirty-two has been a number they've had uh, right. in recent history. We some score gummy. All right. Well, Lauren. Uh, hopefully, that was worth your time, uh, and you you enjoyed your experience. If not. You know, you
3: can That's
0: fine. You never have to come back on the <laughs> podcast again.
1: <laughs> this one's in the can. We're good to go.
2: You guys were great. This was thoroughly entertaining. So thank you for having me. All right. For
1: Lauren Michelson of Channel 8, for Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunson, Mike Schaefer. We're Husker 24-7. You're listening to Husker 24-7 podcast. Be sure to check out everything we have going on at husker247.com. Plenty of coverage leading up to the Louisiana Tech and game. And, of course, plenty of coverage coming out of it. We'll be back with more podcast content. Later on.